Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker, and the fucking liberals require their quiet place in order to watch their movies. It's entirely antithetical to American politics. Parker, what do you have to say about the current shape of American political uh, safe spaces? You know what? I'm really fucking glad you asked me, because you just tied directly into my news story for this week. Great, let's hear it. Another American hero has been cut down before our very eyes, Christopher. Oh, um. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Billy Mitchell has been stripped of his gaming records. Ladies and gentlemen, the world's greatest villain has finally fallen. Or has he? I have never felt so betrayed by this godless country my entire life. You're telling me I can't trust the high scores posted at, twin at TwinGalaxies.com? That grown man wears that referee shirt everywhere. <laughs> I thought that indicated authenticity. He can't possibly still be alive, can he? Through gaming, all things are possible. I, meant, I, meant, I meant Billy Mitchell. So. Billy Mitchell exists on a realm beyond your simple understanding. Do you think they're going to have to cut off his hair like Samson? I'd like to see you fucking try to find some shares powerful enough. Oh, boy. The, the, the shares of Billy Mitchell hot sauce have dropped through the fucking cellar. Friend of the show, Charlie Kirk, and I are going to wear diapers and throw barrels at lids <laughs> in protest of this unjust undoing. He really is the all-time video game villain, and it took, like, more than ten years for his downfall. Steve Weeby, if you're listening, call into the show. We'll put you on. Please come talk to us about movies that you haven't seen. <laughs> uh, well, I, I should have known that you were going to go with that. Also, <laughs> you should. I, I should. I was thinking about it this entire week, you know, and I just uh, I forgot about it. I mean, you hate to see it—a good, clean American who played by the rules and didn't do anything wrong, like Billy Mitchell, taken down by the libs. Billy Mitchell is the embodiment of America. <laughs> Billy Mitchell kill screen coming up right here. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in power, Billy. You won't be forgotten. Uh, no, I don't think he ever will. <laughs> you know, I, that's the thing is, I'm actually reading The Ultimate History of Video Games by Steve Kent right now, and it hasn't made one single mention of Billy Mitchell. Awfully prophetic, don't you think? Cool that you're reading a work of fucking fiction. You should throw it in the garbage. <laughs> See? Uh, also, there were groupies back then. Billy told us. <laughs> Gaming groupies. The girls came over and <laughs> wanted to see who was the best centipede player. <laughs> that movie starts with him calling out some pepperoni-faced 12-year-old who lied about being a gamer. And now that dude's a lawyer who just follows him around and calls him on the phone to tell him if Steve's there. <laughs> Billy Mitchell's so cool. We can get Billy Mitchell to do an intro for our show. Hi, I'm Billy Mitchell. You're listening to Real Deal No Sex Pill. And my video game legend. Oh my god, I would have to do that. 
have him list off every single one of his accomplishments that were unjustly erased from history. First of all, you know, there's some other people in history that tried to erase the past. Oh, that's right. Look what happened to them. Uh, Gamer Yes. <laughs> also, uh, rest in power to Arlie Ermey, uh, star of such movies as Full Metal Jacket, Apocalypse Now, and Toy Story. Um, <laughs> Full Metal Jacket, a movie that's about how really, really cool it is to be in the Marines. Yeah. The, in case you've been reading your Twitter feed. Yeah, I, I think I know. Very pro war, very cool movie. Yeah, look at the Marines, how cool they are, and all the cool things they've done. When I watch Full Metal Jacket, I'm like, you know what? These guys are doing all right. You have to realize, you know, we joke around about it, but like 96% of the people who join with the Marines, they're doing it because of that opening scene. They're like, yeah, that looks really cool and badass. I, I don't understand the way that these people think. Uh, I live in Texas. I can tell you exactly how they think. That's, that's a good point. It looks fucking sweet. We also sing Happy Birthday Dear Jesus every Christmas. That's just what regular people do here. Well, I mean, let's not give away Maybe what we're going to country. do for our Christmas special. Uh, now on to my news segment. Ladies and gentlemen, we have some breaking news here. This is big fucking news. How prophetic this podcast is. We just got done talking about a movie that has a line that goes, Quick, change the channel! And no sooner does that happen than it becomes its own hashtag. So of course I click on it. I'm glad that Real Deal No Sex Appeal is going mainstream now. I'm looking for the advertiser for something to sell here. And turns out, no, 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 no. They're talking about Channel Awesome. Ladies and germs, this entire thing comes down to a little in-joke that Parker has plagued me with. I used to watch, almost religiously, The Nostalgia Critic every Tuesday, and uh, I, I wouldn't say I enjoyed his reviews, but I thought it was kind of instructive for, I guess, what not to do sometimes, and uh, I don't know, I've got kind of a history there, and Parker will tease me every once in a while about watching his stuff, but I never really thought much about it. And now... A 70-page Google Doc has come out listing all the various problems that come about working at Channel Awesome. But I got something wrong there. It's not about working at Channel Awesome. None of these people were paid anything, and they admit that right out front. Uh, first of all, if, if you're not being paid to do this, why are you still doing it? That's a big thing for me. Do you really need that kind of exposure? Uh, <laughs> let me just take a look at our uh, Google AdSense. Oh. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sometimes you just keep doing things anyways because it makes you feel whole. But they were being paid on their own with uh, like their their videos would go to blip and they would watch it that way so that's how they would like make their money or something like that. I don't know. One person at one point complained that he was finding it difficult to feed his family on just his videos alone. How are these people making money on their videos alone? Have you seen some of these things? They're terrible. They're, they're terrible. Chris, you know I'm paying you an exposure and one day that's gonna pay off, or we'll all be dead. I mean, none of these things are at all. I don't understand how these, how most of these people even have fans. To me, it's preposterous, like Crab Rangoon. <laughs> uh, but some of the other abuses here are listed as the guy in charge was really uncommunicative. Parker, next. Apparently, their uh, their uh, communication system was built around a Skype group chat that Mike Michaud, which me showed, a really great name for this guy, uh, just straight up wouldn't monitor, and he would never email people, would never answer emails, would never call anyone, even though he had their contact information. And he, really one of the biggest complaints here stems around uh, the crossover movies that I, even I refuse to watch. <laughs> 
like Suburban Nights to Boldly Flee, stuff like that, where it's like, oh, it's an actual movie where they got he got all his little friends together to go play on a park. Uh, did someone say future bet? Uh, <laughs> what are those movies? Isn't the third one like four? Yeah, hours one long? of those is four hours long. Oh, buddy. Uh, I'm gonna we're gonna put that. In, uh, in case of emergency break glass. <laughs> now, one of, now I have to admit here uh, that the complaints that center around the crossover reviews are the more substantive ones uh, because this is an actual movie and Lindsay Ellis, who you might know as a nostalgia chick or more accurately as Lindsay Ellis, uh, brought up, hey, are we going to get craft services here? And they laughed at her face. And then a, then a guy brought it up. He's like, actually every movie has craft services and water on the set dog and then they're like oh we should take it seriously it. and uh, so they had to do that on day two so no one was paid for they were paid to fly out there but that's it um and the whole thing was really really poorly run i think my favorite anecdote is that doug thought everyone was having a great time and really everyone was fucking miserable <laughs> everyone thought that he would love his uh his script full of rape jokes and stuff uh anyway the third one, I think it's called To Boldly Flee, ends with uh, giving up his reviewer persona. And people were concerned about it. It's like, oh, you're not going to review anymore. At first, I thought it was a selfish complaint because they're like, oh, that's how you bring money to the site. They're just mad that they're going to lose their big money makers. No, no, no. He, he makes a claim in the movie. Again, I haven't watched it. That, uh, that the age of the reviewer is over. And it's like, well, everyone else in the movie is a reviewer. <laughs> so it's kind of like, kind of an insult to everyone there. <laughs> But uh, it gets a lot worse. It's like just the production and everything involved. You're like, this is the most rinky-dink Mickey Mouse thing I've ever seen in my life. Which leads me into my main takeaway from all this. It's much like Alex, the other Alex, said on Ready Player One's podcast with the uh, J.K. Rowling thing. Everyone involved in this is the biggest fucking baby. This is the <laughs> dumbest complaint thing I've ever seen in my life. For most of it, there are some legitimate grievances in there, but I mean, they're not really the that sexual serious. harassment stuff is kind of not cool. That that's a weird one to me because I read about Ooh, it, and that's the thing. It's like I don't know much about it, and it's kind of difficult to tell who it was, you know. And it, it, it's kind of difficult for me to even tell what was going on with that. And it doesn't seem anywhere near as big as a lot of people are making it out to be. But obviously, if it occurs at all, it's really bad. But the one that everyone's talking about that's actually really serious is uh, a guy by the name of, I might as well say it, Jew Wario, um, who ended up, before you laugh here, ended up uh, killing himself. And you're like, whoa, that's serious. That should be pretty bad, right? And it's like, well, he didn't kill himself because Channel Awesome was so bad. He killed himself because, I don't know, personal reasons and stuff like that. The reason it was brought up is that the site didn't handle it well. They uh, they tried to make it... They, they tried to use his death for content, which, I mean, that's a little sick even for me. But I I don't know. It's just, I just feel like this is a lot of complaining. A lot of people said, oh, I really thought it'd be run better that way. It's like, really? Have you seen this guy? Have you seen this rinky-dink site that you're making these videos for? You you saw the fucking Care Bears 2 review, and you thought, oh yeah, this would be great. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I'll make a living off this. I'll make five figures. Here's a fun game. Try and watch five minutes of his quiz show, Pop Quiz Hotshot, and then remind yourself that they crowdfunded $90,000 to make it. You, you realize that it was actually uh, Mike Michaud's idea, and he kind of had to force everyone else into doing it, and no one wanted to do it. It was really, really poorly run. They had to, someone had to tell him, it's like, you should give away prizes, because why else would everyone play this shitty game? And <laughs> it was supposed to be rigged so that the people would win it, and in, or the contestants would win it, and someone mixed up the cards, so Doug ended up winning it. <laughs> 
My favorite fact was that they filmed the pilot multiple times, but didn't change the questions. Well, one of the other ones is like, you just start to realize exactly how unfunny Doug is. Like, he was interviewing... Start to. Yeah, he was, he was interviewing, uh, or really, rather, why. He was interviewing, I think, Alison Pregler or whatever, and he asked her, where do you get your funny voice? And she was just like, that's just my voice. He was like, I don't understand. And she, she, <laughs> she kind of good improv. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> fucking idiot. She, she said at, it was at that point that I realized that he can't understand the idea of just being funny on your own. You have to copy your voice from Daffy Duck or whatever, you know. <laughs> and it, that kind of actually hits the nail on the head with a lot of uh, the stuff that Doug does. Um, and there, there was something else on there. Uh, something else about Doug and the way that he thinks in terms of comedy it was one of the ones where he would give the script to people and say okay now say this line and they'd say well I wouldn't really or deliver it more like me you know and they'd say I, I don't really talk like that it'd be more in keeping with my you know my character my personality if I say it like this so he's like let's, let's do it both ways you do it your way you do it my way and they would inevitably keep his way you know um, but then again there's some other uh, things on there some other complaints that just it's, it's nothing to me. It's, it's a nothing burger, Parker. Speaking of nothing burgers, my recently watched this week, I lost a bet and I was forced, word used very loosely here, to watch The Raid and The Raid 2. Uh, this, these movies are Indonesian films that star Michael Cohen as he tries to take out a, an entire apartment complex of other Indonesian hey, people. Wait a second. <laughs> There's that political humor we know and love. <laughs> How topical. This this podcast won't be dated. Uh, nope. Because <laughs> no one's going to listen to it a year from now. Uh, but I have to tell you, thank you. Thank you very much for having me watch these. These movies are so good. The original Raid, I happen to love a lot. Uh, it's one of the greatest. It's not just an action movie. It's kind of like a survival horror movie, you know? I feel you. Yeah. I definitely feel you. Uh, I went to... I decided to rewatch The Raid 2 along with you because I hadn't seen it in a couple years. And on the DVD, you know, obviously they have previews for it. And they showed like a two minute long trailer for the first one. And that made me watch that again. So I also watched The Raid 1 and 2 this week. I think you watched it in reverse order, but that's okay because The Raid 2, I would definitely say, is a superior movie. Uh, mostly because of the combat. They really focused more on that. And boy, was it fun to see. I would have loved more of the Mad Dog character, but. I'm fine. It's the one good club scene in history, just because he's in it. <laughs> this dude is five foot two and a hundred pounds, and could probably kick Brock Lesnar's ass. The entire last hour of the raid two makes me feel such unparalleled joy. I didn't know what I was capable of. Oh, the fight against the hammer girl and the baseball ga- bat guy at the same time. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> when he takes his hands off the bat. Oh my god! Oh, the sound I let out. <laughs> Oh, I was very, very, very happy to see that. That's the thing. The two and a half hours fly by. So, and it's got a, this one actually has a story. So, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I Overall, yeah, I'd put it as one of my top three action movies up there along with Mad Max Fury Road and uh, The Seven Samurai. Another Ford movie that's four hours long. <laughs> like, I think there were his second and third movies. Like, the jump in quality just from a filmmaking standpoint between the raid and the raid 2 is absurd yeah i like all the sets look great the action looks even better than the first one which is just entirely action yeah sh- sh- you gotta be quiet we're doing 
a podcast for a quiet place so try not to you know shout out anything here i watched a black and white russian movie from 1938 called oh, alexander don't Nevsky. worry about it buddy I'll <laughs> take a quick snoozer over here another by sergey eisenstein and uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was alex's joke he made that i was so mad i didn't think of Wait, what was that joke? God damn it. Oh, oh, <laughs> Sorry, oh never mind. <laughs> it was, it was, I can't believe I watched a movie by that co- by that Marie who called out the college professor. <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Eisenstein <laughs> shot that liberal teacher in the face. P.S. Close the borders. <laughs> I think your joke was even better. You're like, that's not a real name. I fucking Googled it while you're talking because I honestly thought you were fucking with me. I thought it's been like weeks now. You just keep throwing out like, I'll just say something vaguely Russian. He'll never heard of it. No. I thought this was the long con. He'd finally gotten too slow. Alexander Nevsky is uh, technically anti-NASA movie, which I kind of like. And it's okay. Uh, it's actually not really that interesting, so I'm not going to talk about it much further. I also read a book, an entire book, called Dune. You may have heard of it. It's a science oh fiction book, and it's pretty good. Then I watched the 1984 movie by David Lynch. Oh it's, my goodness, you've been holding out on me. It's Let's really not that bad. Everyone keeps saying, oh, it's so bad, it's the worst David Lynch movie, it's a complete failure, stuff like that. I have very very few problems with it at all there's you can really tell that a lot of people tried really hard on this it's got a ton of really great actors it's a little homophobic but it's also it's decent at portraying what happens in the book it follows the book pretty accurately it adds some stuff i don't know why it's in there for but i think the main reason that people probably don't like it is there's this scene at the beginning where he's fighting um Sir Patrick Stewart. And you're like, oh, Kyle McLaughlin versus Sir Patrick Stewart. That's got to be interesting. Oh, it is because like the the fucking computer graphics shield that they put up is laugh out loud funny. They look worse <laughs> than Minecraft characters. So it's worth watching for that scene alone. Uh, you'll laugh your balls off. Uh, I also watched um, in theaters, The Warriors. The Warriors is like my number two movie that I'm going to make you watch when you lose a bet. Inevitably, you will. And you're going to watch The Warriors and you are going to love it because that movie fucking slaps. That actually might be a better uh, action movie than some of the ones I mentioned. It may, we'll put it at number four. Um, I swear to God, I've had The Warriors on a hard drive since like three houses ago. You really <laughs> need to listen to it, it at full been, blast. I have a fucking like 700 megabyte WMB just sitting <laughs> on some external somewhere. That better be in 1080p. I swear to God, I love that movie. Also, you gotta listen to the music blasted because the music at the Alamo was like like really, really loud and I loved it. Like, j- just get that guitar as loud as you can. Um, after we got back from A Quiet Place, Alex and I watched Cheerleader Camp. Uh, I almost fell asleep like three times. Uh, <laughs> this fucking movie sucks. So I thought about putting it on, but I was watching The Raid 2, so I decided not to. Yeah, do Cheerleader that. Camp is like a complete waste of time. There's nothing to recommend. Besides this one guy, <laughs> fucking, he says, I hope you die. And I was like, okay, the movie was worth it for that. <laughs> Two out of ten. <laughs> you get an entire star. Um, yeah, so, uh,. That's me. Uh, what did you watch? Buddy, 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 buddy. Let's back it up here. Well, I watched a movie that the male Alex recommended called Ravenous. 
And you might remember he said it was a really good cannibal movie that has one of the worst scores he's ever heard in a movie. Uh-oh. <laughs> and boy, did it deliver. That is... Like, it's a really well-acted movie. Really good. But my fucking God. Like, I don't know why any of it sounds the way it does. Like, there's a scene with a man dramatically describing how him and his, like, we'll say friends, whatever, were trapped in a mountain, and after they'd eaten all the horses and everything, it got to the point where one of them died, and then they had killed, they ate his legs, and there's just this fucking sitar strumming along while he's describing it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like that the entire movie. But besides that, it's really, really good. Well, I'm sorry about that. You and me both. (laughs) Also because I had acquired it in ways, and then my VLC player stopped working with like 20 minutes left in the movie, so I just rented it on Amazon for $4 to watch the last 20 minutes. Ooh. I was so angry, (laughs) but my autism is very powerful, and it required I finish it. You gotta finish the list, you know? Exactly. I can't check it off if I don't get to the fucking credits. And what am I even doing if I'm not checking off horror movies? Exactly. Why even get out of bed? <laughs> Trust me, as we get further down the list, that question will become very apparent. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, you told me I should watch the Final Destination movie. Oh. And guess I what? I think you would. <laughs> I only watched the first oh, one. Oh, there you go. But you know what? I will say this. I would love for one of these to be in theaters every year or every other year around October. Oh, really? They're not good movies per se, but they are fun crowd movies, and I will not hear other uh, Okay, that I will definitely agree with you on. I remember when Final Destination 5 came out of the theater that I was working at. That, that played for a long time. I mean, if every Halloween you could go to a theater with a room full of people and watch elaborately constructed deaths, like, who says no? You could do a lot worse. Because for a while it was paranormal activity every year, and that got old quickly. I think one of the angriest times I've ever been watching a horror movie was when I watched, I think it was Final Destination 3, that dude's, like, fucking guts got sucked out through his butthole in the pool. I was just like, (laughs) that doesn't happen. (laughs) Yeah, 3 is not good. So I've heard. yeah, what can you do? (laughs) Speaking of good, you might remember a couple days ago was a Friday the 13th. Buddy, someone cracked open his ear Blu-ray set and popped in Jason X. Now look, I know you do not like these movies. That's true. And that's fine. But I will say, anyone who tells you that Jason X is the worst Friday the 13th is a garbage person. If you can sit through the other nine movies that came before it and get to this one and go, no, I don't care for it. The one where he's in outer space. Why is it so ridiculous and over the top? Like, you can just just never stop fucking off because you're wrong. Do you think that's like maybe I'm not the, tell you the it's movie good. or something? You know, like maybe it's trying to be satirical or something? No, oh, not at oh, all. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, Chris, I'm not going to tell you to watch it. I mean, not yet. Yeah, at one I mean, point, yeah, we'll lose a exactly. bet. But I'm just saying, for those out there listening, anyone who ranks it, fucking, because of course, as Friday the 13th is like, here's a re-ranking of them. If this or part five are near the bottom of their list, just disregard, because they're incorrect. Fucking casuals. Uh, yeah, so, uh, anything else on there? Let's see, I got three more here. This one I'm going to be brief in, but I just... So you know (laughs) that this last month has been a very trying time for me, as I force myself through the Hellraiser series. (laughs) 
brought this Guess who didn't realize one came out a month ago? What? There was one more left unseen. It was a directed DVD or something, or directed video, directed streaming. How did you guess? <laughs> what tipped you off? I don't know. Uh, film intuition. When I did it, I conquered it. The first ten minutes alone are better than the previous five movies combined. <laughs> it's still not good. But it is watchable on a level these movies have not been in for about 15 years. But with that being said, I am done. I've conquered them all. I won't have to think about this franchise until they put another one out in three years to keep the rights to it. And probably not even then, because it's a dementia thing, which is owned by the Weinsteins. So who knows where that's going to (laughs) go? That'll just be in purgatory forever. I'm finally free, Chris. I'm finally (laughs) fucking free. For now. Oh, God. Don't worry, they also put out 12 children of the corn. <laughs> so, we were recording pretty late tonight. I had some time to kill today. So I picked two movies that cr- I could cross off my horror list forever. The first one is Freaks. From 1932? Na- it sure I love is. that movie. Now, here's the thing with Freaks. I had never seen the whole thing, but I knew the ending. Everyone knows them yeah. fucking crawling through the rain and everything. Yeah. What I did not know was that they turned that woman into a duck lady. Oh. I was not prepared for that reveal. That's, I mean. Spoilers for 80 years ago. <laughs> yeah, how, that movie is good as shit. Yeah, you know like, what? I was, it makes me sad that we'll never, ever, ever see the original version because that just lost time forever. Unfortunately, that's the way that goes with a lot of those movies. 30 minutes that I'll, I'll never get to see these freaks cut a man's ding dong off. But, uh, you know. Well, this is another movie that we'll just never get again. Uh, I mean, they, they tried to remake it. I think they called it, like, what, Freak Show or something like that? I, I, I'm not entirely that, sure. But that sounds but right. the original Freaks, you're obviously never going to see it again just because that movie was very cruel in its mistreatment of its actors, you know? Just, like, at one... Like, you can play both sides of this. You could say, like, oh, it, it gave them starring roles and it kind of dignified them and they were the ones who win at the end. But the movie still calls them freaks and treats them as freaks. And that's really unfortunate. But on the other hand, it's really good art. That final scene is terrifying. Yeah, I was surprised at how enthralled I was in it. And it's a quick hour here in and out. And that always helps because I am... Look at me. You watched a black and white movie from 1932. You sly dog. And a two and a half hour subtitled movie. Aren't you proud of me? I know. Who would know that the best action movie of all time would be Indonesian? Right? Yeah. Chris, I'm going to talk to you about the last movie I watched. All right. Now, this fit into two camps. One, a classic horror movie I could cross off the list forever. And a Wes Craven movie I could cross off forever. Because outside of Elm Street and Scream, I haven't really seen much. Fake horror fan. <laughs> I know. So I put on the original Last House on the left. Was it worth it? That's a real one and done for this guy. Oh. It was... I mean, spoilers, it's not a pleasant watch. That's what I've heard. Is That's a movie with a rape scene or two, right? Scene is a word for it. It is, it is just a brutally unpleasant movie, really start to finish. This is wait, is this the one where there's like a weird crime family going around and doing all these terrible things? The two girls want to go to a concert. Yes. Right. Oof. No. 
Yeah, this is have the one I've only read about before? on Wikipedia. Oh, buddy. Okay. I have a story to tell you about my experience watching <laughs> right. it and why this movie will be in my brain forever. There you go. Alright, so you know the loose plot. This group of people go around. They rape and murder these two girls. And then they go and stay at a family's house and it turns out it's the family of one of the girls. And the family finds out about it. So, I'm sitting here eating my dinner watching this movie because, I mean, I had to eat at some point before we started recording and I don't plan out my time well. So I'm watching this nightmare of a movie while eating dinner. And it gets to a scene where the mom and dad have figured out that these guys in their house are responsible for killing their daughter. So the mom seduces one of them outside to get him away from the group. She ties his hands behind his back. She starts performing flash flatey. I don't know what these sex terms are. She puts his ding dong in her mouth, right? Ooh. So I'm sitting here eating a delicious cheeseburger, stuffing meat in my own mouth as I am one to do. <laughs> yes. And I have one bite left. I put it right in my mouth, start chewing as she bites his dick off. Huh. So I'll never forget this experience. Well, that... This will be with me long after I forget most of my friends' names. <laughs> so that's a one and done. Never need to watch that again, because there's no forgetting what I felt in that so movie. So they still, after making that movie, they still let him do Nightmare on Elm Street? They still let him do Scream? Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I get it's it. Art. I get it's it, art. Movie. I, I get it, like... <laughs> And if you want to talk about the whole rape revenge genre, like from the limited experience I have, because I don't enjoy giving myself a bad time watching movies, like it's better than most. <laughs> I, I understand it. I do love it under the context of he wasn't allowed to watch movies growing up. So when he was told to make something scary, he was like, all right, this is really fucked up. <laughs> and everyone looked at him like, Jesus Christ, Wes, what is this? <laughs> that always makes me laugh in retrospect. <laughs> but uh, I mean, this just one of those movies that was on the list with like I Spit on Your Grave and Cannibal Holocaust of like at one point I'm going to watch these just so I can have it up here and then never again I mean the whole rape, rape sorry the whole rape revenge thing I think we're going to kind of use it as chemical weapons we're just going to declare that not going to happen as far as the bets go one hopes I mean there there are people who enjoy them there's oh, a very popular horror writer I follow named BJ Colangelo who is a survivor of horrible events and uses them as a form of catharsis and i totally get that that's awesome they are not for me i'm not gonna make any jokes about them they make me uncomfortable let's move on to a very very tense movie <laughs> all right now ladies and gentlemen a quiet place parker before we get into a quiet place you want to talk about some of the trailers you saw did any of them stand out to you because i got three i'd like to mention I did not get a single trailer because we got caught in traffic and we made it about a minute before the movie started. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Ooh, it was. I didn't. I was not handling it well. I, I'm the same way. I I hate being real late. big boy freak out in that car. <laughs> That's a lot of angry punch in that steering wheel. <laughs> Look, I had like a three hour block. I could see this movie and it was almost squandered. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> it was not. Good. Alex will confirm. I get the same way whenever I'm late. So <laughs> my diaper was very full. So first of all, I saw a Deadpool two trailer without T.J. Miller. This is the Bob Ross one. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, yeah. It's hilarious. I laughed so hard. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember being like, okay, it's I, th 
I don't know what everyone... Everyone else is like, oh, Deadpool 2 is going to suck because it's a sequel to different people. I think it's going to be really funny because the first movie was really funny and it was the top five of the year. So... <laughs> Thank you for being yeah. into it. Uh, I don't even know why I enjoy teasing you about that so much. Because uh, when my top five would probably be infinitely more embarrassing. <laughs> One of the X Men movies, I'm sure. Uh, we also saw a trailer for a movie called Tully. I mean, there's no way I would have seen this trailer if I wasn't watching it at the Angelica and Mosaic. But uh, Tully is about, I guess, motherhood. Um, it stars Charlize Theron. Mm. No, <laughs> no, it's Charlize Theron. You know, Mad Max Fury Road. Yes, the only she was, movie she's been yeah, in. she was Morton Joe. One for anyway, one. <laughs> uh, she's what she does is she's really good at kind of diving into that role, and she this looks like she's going to be uh, really good in it. And uh, I don't know, it doesn't look like it's uh, a movie for this podcast or this or even this uh, media conglomerate that we are. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, brand synergy, what it is. No, I I don't know. I I might see it. It looks like it could be good. The other one is called The Seagull. Parker, we're going to pause now and oh, keep recording. Oh, I'm going to send you the trailer for The Seagull, and oh, you are going to watch this. Are you done with it? Yeah. Oh, trust me. I'm done with it. <laughs> the fucking ending Thank line. you. <laughs> Thank you for this. Really appreciate it. <laughs> so imagine me sitting there fucking trying to cover my mouth and keep from, like, scream laughing when the seagull comes up as the title for the movie. Oh, I... <laughs> I'm just, like, squeaking through laughs to Alex. I'm gonna make Parker watch that. <laughs> you... Unless you get a plane ticket, you physically cannot make me watch this movie. I refuse. I can't wait to see. There's no way I'm going to see that in theaters either. Holy shit. His to the love affairs. (laughs) Fucking seagull just flew into frame. Why is it called the seagull? <laughs> I'm googling it. I don't care. He can cut all this later. I'm so angry. Fear the tears shall stain my petticoat. Written in 1895. <laughs> oh. oh my god. <laughs> Fucking music. Why is the synopsis two sentences? <laughs> oh my god. Nina, a free and innocent girl on a neighboring estate who's in a relationship with Constantine, falls in love with Boris. <laughs> Holy piss, can't wait! Great! You're, you're gonna watch every second of it. I dare you to make me. <laughs> All I could think about the entire time. As soon as I heard that music, I was just like, oh, Parker's gonna watch the shit out of this. This seems like... <laughs> The kind of trailer they would put at the beginning of Tropic Thunder, and then it would cut to Jack Black in a fat suit farting. <laughs> as soon as she said, "I didn't know they still made these kind of movies anymore." As soon as they said the guests arrive, I was like, "Is this going to pivot to become a horror movie?" No, the violins just get louder. You look around, awkward, like, "Oh God, please don't say the help." Oh Jesus. <laughs> What? 
Movies fucking suck. I'm <laughs> done with this podcast. All right, so The Quiet Place. Uh, a Michael Bay production. This movie was directed by John... Boy. <laughs> you want to talk about a fucking surprise? <laughs> we'll get to that at the end, but uh, oh. our dear friend Alex... <laughs> He had a very good point about that. Uh, yeah, we will get to that at the end, but you were the one who uh, who told us about it. I, I forgot about it until I saw it in the credits, and Alex, uh, the one I watched it with, said, it was like, yeah, you actually... Uh, so it's like, yeah, The Quiet Place looks like it could be good, but it's a Michael Bay production, so kind of a coin flip here. So uh, it was directed by John Krasinski. Uh, he was that guy from The Office. Heard he's kind of popular. I never really watched it. It's not true. Seasons two and three own. Um, and I, fell, I fall asleep to The Office. Almost nightly. Mm-hmm. I, are, how many uh, how many of these uh, office jokes are we going to make? We'll play it by ear. We'll oh, see which buddy. ones fall. Buddy, here. you're going to get real sick of it's, them. It's, so the movie takes place at Shroop Farms. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> the monster is Moe's. <laughs> <laughs> you must face your fear. <laughs> the fucking way that Moe's Shroop runs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I just thought of that Holy shit They remade this movie With Moe's Shrewd As the monster <laughs> Man I can tell you right now You are not gonna like Editing this episode Just the shirt that says Fear <laughs> You have opened the floodgates And you cannot close them I'm telling you Fucking Moe's Shrewd Is absolutely gonna be The monster <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, more importantly, this movie was written by uh, two gentlemen, Brian Woods and Scott Beck. And I'd like to get out in front of this. A lot of people are giving a whole lot of credit to John Krasinski, and for good reason. He he directed it, and he acted really, really well in it. And for him to make a movie like this, and he's not a fan of horror at all, I mean, th- this is borderline a masterpiece. This is, uh, I mean, might as well say it. Parker, you and I are not going to be doing a whole lot of criticizing for this movie. I have a couple of nitpicks, but for the most part, no, I'm going to be praising It's the same thing. I mean, Alex asked me what I thought when I got out of it. I was like, I don't see the point in criticizing a movie like this because what do the criticisms even mean when you just see a product that's this good? You know? I was like, I I got my quibbles, but come on. Now's as good a time as any to get this out of the way up front. Mm -hmm. You can ask a lot of questions of like, well, how did they cut wood or nail that box together without making noise? Like, you can make a whole 40-minute-long CinemaSins video out of, like, the world of this movie, and you can just fucking keep it. Like, you can get that garbage out of my face. If you come at me with, like, well, how do they do this? That doesn't make sense. Fuck off. Yeah, but... Forever. I mean, they, I there are a couple care. ones. People have been trying to point out to me, like, oh, plot hole. What, how come they shot a shotgun in the same room as a baby and the baby didn't cry? Maybe the baby's deaf. You know? Because shut up. Yeah. That's why. Just fucking shut Ooh, up. Why didn't they just move to the Hoover Dam? Why don't you just move out of my face? <laughs> exactly. You know? Like, what kind of fucking idiot? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go into the 45 minute long Cinema Sins rant that plays in my head daily. <laughs> But just fuck off with your nitpicking details. Yeah. Uh, I, by the way, I, I put it at the beginning of this video that we're going to talk spoilers. So uh, if you haven't seen this oh, movie, yeah. what the fuck's wrong with you? Second of all, go see it. Um, anyway, the fact that Brian Woods and Scott Beck wrote this, 
I don't think they're getting anywhere near enough credit. This is a really good story. And it's not just the story, it's it's the setting, it's it's the scenery, you know. And they're they're not just story writers or screenwriters, they are scenerists. Putting all this together saying, okay, here's our set piece, this is what we're going to do, here's, you know, our conceit, and this is what we're going to do. Okay, John Krasinski, just play with it, see how you would make it. Brian Woods and Scott Beck deserve a ton of credit here. This is a this isn't just a horror story. This is a really good science fiction story or even more speculative fiction. What would you do in this situation? That's why it's so much fun to watch this movie to sort of put them to put yourself in these characters' shoes. Man, I have nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> just blanked on you. <laughs> All I was gonna say was yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you. Would have been nice. Uh, so let's uh, we might as well describe the plot here if. I mean, we're kind of hoping that everyone who's listening to this has seen the movie, but if you haven't, fuck you. And second of all, the movie takes place in the year 2020. Most of the human population has been eliminated by a bunch of creatures that are blind but have super hearing. And if you make any sound, they will kill you. And a bunch of newspapers have written about it. And the, like I said, the human population is dwindling down. And John Krasinski is married to Emily Blunt, also in the movie, and they've got three kids. So... It's day 87 of this nightmare, and they're looking for supplies in an abandoned pharmacy. And, uh, Parker, would you like to describe the opening scene for me? Oh, my God. Oh, you mean the 10 minutes of my nails just dug into my armrest? I was like, as I looked over and said, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> this is, the tension is too much for me. So, we spend what feels like an hour of just silent tiptoeing around every move so deliberate and quiet like just the scene of her trying to get that medicine is oh, yeah. goddamn stressful i wanted to claw my own face off my sister sent me a similar message after she saw that like neither of us can deal with just like complete silence in a movie because you know what's coming and it just makes us want to die so for this whole opening scene, I'm just like, oh my god, someone's going to drop something, and it's just going to fuck. Just do it. Just do it already. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> and he does it already. Because <laughs> if you might remember in the trailer, they're walking along a bridge, the whole happy family together, and the littlest Krasinski has a little spaceship, and he turns it on, it makes a loud noise, and a monster comes running. So when you see the trailer, you're like... Oh, okay, so Jim will do the heroic thing, run in and grab the kid. They'll somehow get away, I don't know how. Nope! That kid fucking dies. <laughs> Pre-credits. That kid just gets murked. And it's... Look. Do you think he made the Jim face at the camera after it happened? <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, that kid's old enough to know better. Well, that kid's been in this situation for years now. Either you're with it or you're not. Let's get it the fuck together, kid. I'm sorry. Well, 87 days, I think, at that point. But either way, uh, the fact that he got killed is actually... Uh, I don't want to put fault on anyone here. I, I would say it is on him. But uh, you could also attribute some blame to Millicent Simmons. Uh, Millicent Simmons plays Reagan. Uh, also the name of another horror movie villain. I uh, don't know that movie. Never that, heard yeah. of it. Probably not very good. Anyway, uh, she's she's an actual uh, deaf actress in real life, and 
thank you to this movie for actually using a deaf person to portray a deaf person and i i I don't know i think that's really good representation i i don't want to get too woke on this but something about it just cheered me up because she was so good in this she's so good at acting with her face i think everyone in this movie is really good at acting with their face like we all know jim has the experience of making the jim face on the office but uh i thought his son in the movie was really good i thought millicent simmons was really good at acting with her face in the movie and emily blunt we'll get to her in a bit but goodness gracious this woman can flat out act so i was very pleased with the acting in this movie Anyway, one of the main conceits about the movie is that you can't really make noise, otherwise they will come and kill you. So it's very, it's not very often that you will hear noise. As soon as you hear noise, it's like a sign that you're in big trouble, except for one place. It's like a waterfall and a river there, which doesn't come back. I thought that it would come back, but it's it's okay that it didn't. It didn't, they didn't need to come back there. I, I think if they did come back there, it, I don't know if it would have been quite as strong as the ending that we got, which I think was a pretty strong ending, which we'll get to when we get there. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that they had a scene at a waterfall just to be like, hey, so you hear how really fucking loud this is? I can scream and the monsters won't hear me. That's how our entire world works. There you go. I, I thought that was really good. man, it is so nice not having a movie filled with exposition and you know after being there for 387 days or whatever you probably need a place where you could just scream as loud as you can you know oh yeah you do that much time just how do you fuck up playing monopoly (laughs) knocking a goddamn lantern over like a horse's ass just ask my dad how i fuck up playing monopoly (laughs) (laughs) look i'm not saying that the little deaf girl was trying to get her whole family killed well, this is almost like some good child shit, dude. She gives oh, that on. little kid that toy back. <laughs> she starts knocking, knocking over shit, and making a ruckus everywhere. I, I'm just saying, you don't know what's going on in her. I head. don't know. I, I kind of. One of the things about her is that she's. I wouldn't say that she's rebellious, but she she wants to be believed. You know, she she wants the, her family to trust in her to uh, to be all right in this situation. And the fact that she's deaf in a world where the monsters have superhuman uh, hearing, you would think that it puts her at a very significant uh, disadvantage. You know, but in in the end, it's actually uh, her that's able to save everyone else. And I kind of I kind of like that. You know, I like that they were able to give her something that she was really good at. Uh, Oh my god, that just reminded me when they're out in the fucking corn maze and she can't hear it behind her. God, I can't at this movie. Now, speaking of, that's one of the things that they did at the opening really well, is the sound mixing. This movie, Parker, this is a bet way in advance. This movie will win the Oscar for best sound mixing. Because the way that they changed the audio and the way that the sound was mixed when it was from her perspective versus everyone else's perspective is immediately apparent to someone with a trained ear at the beginning. And if it's not immediately apparent there, then they make it a little bit more obvious later on. But it's like the way that the sound is dampened, you know, even if even if it's silence, the silence is still dampened. So you get a very, very low tone there. It's like, that's perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. And that's one of the things that the movie is able to do so well. The movie is at its best when it's not using its words. Now, this isn't necessarily a criticism of when it does use its words, although I would say it's a kind of a noted dip in quality as soon as it has to explain, yes, there are three creatures around. Weaknesses? Question mark? Circle around the Buddy, word. Buddy, that whiteboard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that whiteboard's real. That, that was not great. But when the movie is not using its words, where it's just showing you this is how stuff works, like the 10-minute the opening scene 
fantastic. That's everything that I'm looking for. You know, I, I, I really think that other movies should take a page from this in some regard. See, it's not just the movie is technically sound. That's not the only reason to love this movie, although it's a very good reason. The, the most important thing about this movie is that it advances the genre in a meaningful way and in a way that other people, I think, are going to have to take a look at, you know? You already said this movie made, what, $100 million at the box office? Yeah, people are oh, going yeah. to see this instead of Friday the 13th Part 13. I mean, you say no, that, well, but, you know, they absolutely yeah. would. And so would you, because you don't have a uh, You're right. Look, it's almost overtaken Ready Player One domestically. Oh, thank we did goodness. It. We did it. Now, I've been thinking about this before we've seen the movie, and I, I've kind of had this idea kind of caught, kind of caught in my craw. I'm not going to compare this movie to Get Out, although I certainly could. But I, I, I think I, at one point I called it Get Out for Deaf People. But uh, yeah, you, you definitely sent me that. <laughs> but uh, which is not actually accurate or anything. But you know, is this Black Panther for deaf people? <laughs> it's Ready Player One for deaf people. All my <laughs> deaf friends get together. Helen Keller. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. Hell. Hel- <laughs> I could have gone the Clerks 2 route and went with uh, Anne Frank. <laughs> I most definitely did that when the movie was yeah. over. <laughs> Boy. I'm trash. Check out Anne Frank over here. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, all my deaf friends, Helen Keller and Ray Charles, get together. And uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing this. Sorry. The, the thing I like about this movie, and I think what it really is important for this, is the limits that it places. The movie, uh, so other movies will use a j- jump scares with uh, all these loud noises and everything like that. And yeah, the movie does that. It, the loud noises are the signal here. But it's kind of like Jaws. The the loud noise signals, okay, you should be afraid now, you know? Except it's it's way better than Jaws because it's it, that, that, loud is, uh, that sound is mixed so loud that you're immediately going to be scared. And when you talk about limits, you also think about movies like Don't Breathe. You know, it's a movie that's oh my God. very, very similar, I think. I think Wait Until Dark is uh, in that way kind of similar. Here's another one. Think about this. Think about the original Halloween. Because the scary parts aren't when people are getting stabbed, although I'm sure someone was scared by it. The scary part is at the very beginning, where the shape is just the silhouette amongst the, uh, the clothesline back there. That's scary, because you see that every single day. It's just a fleeting glimpse. That's what you're going to be thinking about. Uh there aren't really any limits in Friday the 13th, and to be fair, Nightmare on Elm Street is the complete opposite, where there are no limits. That one still works, but uh, for for this, as like another one here is actually Scream. Scream is limited by its limitless. Think about the fact, uh, limited, limitedlessness. The fact that there are so many people means that you really can't pin down who the killer could actually be, and I think that kind of limits you in some way. This movie is kind of like that in that you're limited not just by the lack of Sound, but you're limited in the amount of ways that you could possibly uh, overtake these creatures. You know what? I'm actually really happy that you're harping on the sound design mm-hmm. because it's my one biggest nitpick. Ooh, what is that? Because this whole movie is based on silence, the atmosphere, and the jump scares. I hate that it uses the standard jump scare noise every time what happens. Oh, that's a good point. You do not need it whatsoever. If it was just the monster appearing and screeching like you get the exact same effect you don't need the loud stinger on it like that's not gonna make me not like the movie but it really stuck in my craw because it happened every single time or like when she's about to go in the basement 
and it's just completely silent. And then there's an ear piercing stinger sound as hands grab her. Like, come on, you don't, you don't need to do that. And I guess if you're not a horror fan like John Krasinski is, and you're like, that's what you're supposed to do there, right? Just put the loud noise. Yeah, this is like, how else would you know to be scared? Uh, the monster scares me, John. Uh, <laughs> fucking boats. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna think about that for the rest of my life. But uh <laughs> How do you sign face in your finger? <laughs> I'm gonna rewatch it, Shona. Um I I have to say this, uh about the loud stinger noise. Uh there were two instances where it actually bugged me. One was in the cornfield. Uh they had just shifted from another scene. Uh, she was in the cornfield and she couldn't hear it and then, you know, the, the frequency kind of drove the thing away. And then it cuts back to her and she reaches for the flashlight and the brother grabs her arm. Like, yeah, that, that was, was perhaps the cheapest jump scare in the movie because, like, I think a couple people jumped out. I was like, really? You guys didn't see that coming? Even I knew that was going to happen. Come on. And it's just like, that that was so cheap. It was like, there's nothing there. It was like, but luckily neither of them reacted. So that was good. The other one, and uh, this will lead into perhaps the best scene in the movie, uh, when Emily Blunt slams her hand on the uh, bathroom door, yeah, there, it's like that one. That why would she, why did she? That takes you out of the movie because like there's no reason she would do that. Yeah, why would she make a loud fucking? Noise couldn't she just when there was a monster just in there? Couldn't she just go? You know, just Morse code it to him. You don't have to go boom. <laughs> I had a baby. Like, why would she slam her hand against the glass when literally seconds ago? <laughs> There was a big old monster. I in the house. I think that that was, I think that was just an oversight. So it's not a big deal. Uh, but like again, those are nitpicks. And anyone who points to those goes, "See, that's why this movie doesn't hold up." Just eat my entire ass. Yes. Please do not at me. Do not message me. Do not rate it five stars and leave a comment. Do not like and subscribe. Yeah. Do not share on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have to talk about now the delivery scene. Because, holy moly, it is, for me, perhaps one of the best uh, horror movie scenes I've ever witnessed. Now, it's established fairly early on that uh, Emily Blunt is pregnant. And she's, you know, you look at her, and as soon as I see her with the slowly protruding belly, I'm like, okay, this is a really good setup. How are you going to solve this problem before she gives birth? The movie very much plays on my expectations. Like, oh, you think this is going to happen before she gives birth, huh? As soon as her water breaks, I'm like, I, I think just, I, I had to really hold back from just being in the back of the theater and just loudly going, uh-oh. Because <laughs> uh... I remember in every trailer, there's a scene of her in a bathtub, and as soon as her water broke, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I, I mean, I saw the, the scene of the trailer of her in the bathtub, and I was just like, maybe it's going to be like that other horror movie. I, saw, I don't remember what it was, and I, I thought it was going to be kind of derivative. Oh, no. That's a really good scene. And so her water breaks, and she's just walking, and she's like, barely able to contain it and then she steps on the rusty nail oh my god and then she has to oh sort god, of hobble nail. her way up to uh the bathtub and uh and luckily at that exact moment fireworks go off thank goodness she turned on the red lights for it and her scream as soon as it starts perfection because like i remember watching it and i'm like as soon as her water breaks i'm like thinking to myself wait wait no no you can't do this john there is no such thing as a silent pregnancy you can't just do this and i was like i, I think the movie did a really good job of me convincing myself i was like wait this is gonna be scary as fuck holy shit this is gonna be terrible but uh boy the movie did an excellent job i i i have to tell you that's perfectly executed Hey, do you want to love this scene even more? All right, more? let's go. Oh, wait, is this the trivia? 
one take. <laughs> one fucking take for that scene. How in the blue hell do you do I that? I think even better is the aftermath. Is she she did that scene <laughs> and then immediately broke character and asked everyone what was for lunch. <laughs> she is so good. I mean, just the look on her face when she does that. Again, you talk about acting with your face and... I, I, she might actually be the best in the movie just because of that scene. Also, because when she's signing with her, with her, uh, with her son, or what's it? Her, yeah, with her son when they're like doing math homework, and she says, "I need you to take care of me when I'm old and my hair is gray and I have no teeth." Her face—that yeah. was so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but to jump back to the birth scene for a last yeah. thing, like this movie has problems, but as you're watching that scene, you know, like. Oh, this is something that's going to be talked about for the next twenty years in horror movies. See, this is going to be a scene that's a tentpole thing that's referenced forever. I certainly hope so. See, I saw the poster for, it and I was like, "Really, we're going to go with that as the poster image?" I, I thought it would maybe be like the cabin where they live, or or like just a shot of John Krasinski's beard would have been enough for me. But her in the bathtub, I I'm going to be they, honest with you. Knew. I think it's better than the shower scene in Psycho. Like, when she first gets in that tub, and you're like, oh, God, how the fuck is this going to work? And that fucking claw just appears in the doorway. Yeah. My, like, just well-framed, well-shot, well-acted. <laughs> so, Parker. Movies are good sometimes, Yeah, guys. speaking of how good they are. So, the movie's very pro-life, and you can tell how religious they are. They pray before dinner, and it shows how they wouldn't give up their lives just to have a baby. They refuse to... <laughs> Someone actually uh, made that argument on Twitter. I don't remember who it was. Very I think cool. it was uh, one of the guys who writes for the New York Times Opinion. So maybe it was Brett Stevens. Who knows? God. <laughs> now, I remember our friend Alex saw this before us. And I asked him, like, if you lived in this world, why would you Why would you have a baby? And he just said, well, he's married to Emily Blunt. I was like, oh, okay. That's actually a really good point. That's all you need. I'm like, yeah, that checks yeah. out. Because the other thing is, it's not just that she's a very attractive woman, although she is, and that he's a very attractive man, although he certainly is. They, they, they It's good that they were cast, uh, that he decided to cast his wife in this, because, boy, they got chemistry in just a few short scenes together. They really look like they love each other. I want to watch this movie again. It's so fucking I just study their... <laughs> like, now that I'm not going to be in abject terror the entire time... I just want to study their faces on every scene. You know, the beats of the movie are pretty good. Um, you know what? Now that I think about it, let's talk about the story, because it's not just, you know, the central story is there are monsters. They can hear us. Uh, there's also the family drama going on. Did you like the family drama? I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, it was, I mean, it was fine. I I, th- I think fine is, I would say fine to good, you know, not great, certainly, because uh, you got to do a better job of what you're doing if you're going to call this great. But you know what? That scene where uh, the son says, uh, do you love her? He's like, of course I love her. And he says, you should tell her that then. I thought that was really, really important. And especially at the end where he signs that to her. I, I also thought it was like, and, when, and even better, here's the other thing. People should, I, I'm not saying she deserves screenwriting credit, but give Millicent Simmons a lot of credit. She was very, like, important as far as, like, the uh, the way the story was written because she changed the ending from, he was all he was going to say was, I love you. Instead, she said, wait, you should say after that, I have always loved you based on their argument before. 
So that, I mean, with the addition of that line, the movie becomes so much better. If they had just ended with, I just, I love you, it's like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. I have always loved you. The, the scene's a lot better. The other thing that she did that was really important was uh, the scene where she's arguing with him, which, again, a powerful just scene. just about to say that. Just, such a powerful a scene. The scene. way that she does it, she's like, she was the one who determined exactly how she said, how she should sign it, you know? And she was determined she deserved, she, uh, she came up with a lot of the words that she chose. And boy, she was so important, especially for the signing. You, you talk about, you like, they brought on a sign language interpreter to, you know, help her communicate with everyone else. And they also brought someone to teach them American sign language for everything. She was really critical because she brought up a good point. It's like, they've been doing this for a long time. So it can't just look like they learned sign language six months ago. They, they should look like they've been doing it for years. They should be experienced people. John Krasinski brought up another good point about the all the sign language in here is that, like, everyone has their own way of signing. You know, he's very short, you know, and very deliberate because he's a survivalist, whereas Emily Blunt is a little bit more caring and nurturing, which shows that there's something beyond survival in her mentality. And they, those little things, those little things build up and color the movie in such a vibrant way. This is a lot more than a horror movie, and that's why I like it so much. I'm not going to say that it's more of a psychological thriller. <laughs> oh my god, I was about to fucking throw this table. But, uh... Your little speech there just circled me back around. I think the plot is fine, but all of the actors elevate it. That's a really good point. Because they all do such a great job. Like, it's, I mean, it's better than a lot of horror movies. Like, it gives you a nice, intimate family dilemma between a small group of people in this environment. But they just carry it. I mean, Jim's uh, last moment, it gets a little close to being too much. When he's when he's doing that signing and then just starts screaming, okay. it's a little it's a little much. But here's okay. If we could, it's a delicate dance. It's hard to do that. Do you think you could improve that scene? Because I bet I could, and it's really easy. No, I mean absolutely. I bet not. I could. I can't improve most things. If if he had signed to her, uh, I love you. I have always loved you. And if then if he had said in a normal voice, and I always will. Man. Think about that instead of just. <laughs> it's hard to not. I understand. It's like for, for dramatic purposes, the yell works a little bit better there. I guarantee, if he just says in a normal speaking voice, and I always will, immediately this is my top of the year over. I except she can't hear it, so it doesn't really matter. Well, she, she wouldn't hear it, but it's a little bit. It's about a little bit more than that, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now, if we're gonna talk criticisms, I guess we can do it. I guess really quickly. Uh, uh, the score was forgettable. Um, what score? Yeah, I barely even noticed it. Uh, you know, that's the thing is, I think the movie could have been improved just a little bit more by having a really good score. But I also don't care. I don't think it would have but distracted. Also so me much all. of it's silence. Like just, just put your standard scary music. I have to tell you, it's like a lot of people are criticizing the plot holes like, oh, how did they do this if they can't make sound? Because none of, fucking none of the... Pl- oh, how they build that baby box? If I, how'd you hammer it? I don't know. Out of Legos or shut something. Shut up. You know? Go, just... How do they run a farm? Doesn't that make noise? Like Just... A million dicks. So when they were in the just, grain silo, and it was, I realized it looked like it was all corn. And I always called them the children of the corn. I would have got kicked out for making noise. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. And when they're in the silo and they hear the loud noise and it's quiet for like 10 seconds and then the monster's behind her. No, it doesn't make sense. But shut up. Now, just one of the other criticisms here is for the monster design. I've heard this from multiple people now. Yeah, it's uh, it's 
Fine. To me, it's very, very Cloverfield. It's very obviously Cloverfield, and that's partially because the writers were very heavily influenced from Cloverfield, and it shows. And I can see Cloverfield has, you know, some really good movies out there. Cloverfield Paradox, masterpiece. But you're kind <laughs> of, it, they're kind of playing with a tough thing here. Is for this movie, would you be better served by barely showing the monster at all? Because if you don't show the monster at oh, no, all, no, no, I no. will immediately claim that it was most Shrewd the entire time. But, oh, I 100% wrote down a note specifically saying how happy I was they showed the monster. Yeah, they, they did have to show If they didn't show I mean, I think the movie would have been measurably worse. But by showing it and seeing that that's the best that they could do, it's like, which, which isn't, again, it's not like actively bad, like the, like the fucking alien in Signs. But like, it's Look. not going to approach the uh, monster dog from Annihilation. Between Annihilation and the Ritual, you're going to have to try pretty hard to give me a monster design that makes me stand up like, oh shit, that's awesome. Yeah, and it's like the way that the things moved on its head when it heard the frequency, that was a big thing. But to me, I was happy that they showed it just because of the, mo- the design of the ear. That ear looks so cool. That was, I, I like that. It's the shame about the rest of the creature. But, you know, the ear on it, that was fine. I... I wouldn't know. I don't know if I would call this an above average monster design. I guess I would because so many monster designs in movies are so bad. But this one was just, it, it was serviceable. It, it, it served its purpose, is what I'm saying. I think Lady Alex compared it to the ones from Godzilla 2014, the Mudos, those things that existed just to get blown to shit at the end by Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Just very spiky and CGI, and like, oh, you're, okay, I've seen this before. My brain recognizes this as a monster. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's, I have to tell you, that the actual scariest scene of the monster is, is the one after the 10-minute opening scene where it just runs off and kills his kid. It just scoops him up and he's gone. Yeah, just like the galloping stuff. sounds that you hear is just like, oh, fuck that. And actually, because it cuts ahead, that gives me two points that I really, really love. First of all, that there's time jumps. You just see this horrible thing, it's like... Alright, now it's like 400 days mm-hmm. later. This is where we are now. Which leads me to my real favorite thing. No backstory. Oh, thank you. I don't give a <laughs> fuck where they came from. I don't care. You can take your prequel idea and fuck off forever. I don't care where they came from. If they're from Earth, how many there are, it doesn't matter. You know, Alex... Thank you, God. Alex brought up the... Uh, she, she was like, so it's safe to assume that Emily Blunt's character was like... A pharmacist, a nurse, a, a doctor, someone in the medical field in some capacity. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, probably, maybe. And I thought to myself, you know what? I, I, I don't really care who or what they were before this. Like, if I had found out that fucking John Krasinski had just got back from Iraq before this movie started, or, or that he had, like, shell shock or something <laughs> He like was that. off defending Benghazi in Michael Bay's <laughs> other movie. Dr. Benjamin Ghazi before this movie. <laughs> Where are the documents been? <laughs> Ask Michael Cohen. Topical. So, uh, yeah. You... <laughs> nice. Oh, you're right. He oh, someone's again. gonna make a, a prequel out of this. Oh. That's unfortunate. I mean, look, they're already talking sequel. Oh, and you know what? That's now, fine by me. Now, here's the thing about the sequel. What did you think about the, about the ending shot? Okay. Now, since our friend, the male Alex, is not here to say it, I want to say it for okay. him. Because it's all I could think of. <laughs> this movie ends... With Emily Blunt cocking a shotgun, and it says, produced by Michael Bay. It's like, oh, you motherfucker, he got me. You son of a bitch. 
I remember I stood up in the theater as soon as I said it, and I, I said it, I think, loud enough for everybody to hear. It's like, oh, wait, I ruined a good movie. <laughs> Thanks for fucking <laughs> I mean, the only thing I remember going into it was because he made very, very specific points to not spoil it. But he's like, man, all I could think of was signs. And as soon as it showed that close-up of her hearing aid, I was like, oh, you motherfucker. It's the frequency. I... You know what? I have to admit, I, I, someone who's seen signs, I did not think of the frequency at all. Although I, I thought that was good. I thought that was a. I don't know if I'd call it a twist. I'd call it the resolution. But I, I, I don't know. I like it. To my... anyone asking, well, why didn't anyone try it before? Maybe they did, and maybe they died anyways because we're like eight hundred days into it. Shut not up. Even just, yeah. just go away. Exactly. I uh, mean, no one else tried it? No, because they probably wiped out billions of people real quick. Or maybe the rest of the world's fine. It doesn't matter. It's about this family. Please fuck yeah. off. But, like, the other thing here is that at that very last uh, shot in the movie when she cocks the shotgun, the movie genre changes in just one shot to now it's going to be an action movie and then roll credits. I kind of like that. I, I, I kind of like that idea. So if you do a sequel, do you do one immediately afterwards where it's <laughs> where it's just Starship Troopers and they're just going to kill all the bugs? <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to go with that, but you've put the thought of Emily Blunt murdering bugs in my head. Along with Millicent Simmons. So if it's, if it's, not, if it's not that, I'm going to be upset. But I would not be upset if they just did a Cloverfield thing like... Alright, here's another random place in the world dealing with this. Oh shit, they're going to go to fucking John Goodman's bunker, aren't they? I know in very, very early stages they were talking about this being a Cloverfield movie. Imagine if this was the Cloverfield Paradox instead. Imagine if you went from 10 Cloverfield Lane to A Quiet Place. That would be the best fucking franchise going right oh, now. Oh, it absolutely would. Oh, man. man, now that's an idea. But uh, you... All I need are franchises. <laughs> I love brands so much. Why don't I have the toys from this? I need to rub Jim's beard against Emily Blunt's face. <laughs> Like, this movie's so fucking scary. I just looked at my notes and saw water scene and remember, like, oh, yeah, that almost gave me a panic attack and I completely forgot about oh, it. When, when that thing just, that thing yeah, just dips when underwater. When it dips into the water, just, it's right just after. Just slit my goddamn she, throat. Just Right after me. she dips her feet in the water and that thing slides in the water, I would have, if I was her, I'd think about it. Like, oh, come on, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, you know my thing is, how quickly in a horror movie am I just slitting my own throat? <laughs> The thought that knowing that it's like, all right, you can't make a sound, so whatever you do, do not sneeze. Like I'm not surviving that day because all I can think of is like, oh god, I fucked up. So speaking of, okay, and then I'm dead. So speaking of sneezing, um, how uh, when when the, the they see the one guy who wasn't part of the main cast over there, oh my god, and I, when he scrunched up his nose and John Krasinski puts his finger to his nose, I, I really thought that they were going to do the Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs thing, you know, just put your finger in his nose so he doesn't sneeze, <laughs> and instead he just <laughs> yells as loud as he can for, you know what? They don't need a reason. They 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 yeah, really fine. they don't need a reason. He's got nothing else to live for. He's not going to live alone in the fucking trees. Yeah, that's his wife. I think dead. it's totally fine to just you know do that. And uh, if I'm living out there with someone and they get killed, like I am, I'm dying so quickly. I ain't living out there on my own. Mm-hmm. All right, make it quick. You know. Uh, <laughs> speaking of not making noise, like how do you piss? Bro, look, <laughs> I do. I want to take this movie seriously, but like, at one point, after like four years, aren't you just like, please God, I have to go to the waterfall every time. I, need to <laughs> I can't live like this. 
Oh, and they're eating all those vegetables and stuff like that. Man, that's got to be... Anyway. <laughs> just fuck. <laughs> just like a tense 10 minute scene of him just slowly raising a cheek off the chair. Just like, oh, God. oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, God. Just like lowering quickly, like trying to hold it, like shaking the table. Like, oh, fuck. No. Because, buddy... I've had that same experience in a theater, just like. Oh, well, I will. I will agree it's a, with it's you. It's a quiet part. The, the <laughs> film world itself is already terrifying as it is. It kind of reminds me of Silent Hill in the sense that it's it's the environment, it's the world that's really so scary that you cannot fuck with things because then the creatures will come and get you. I mean, think about it. This is a world where there is no content. I know. I I had nightmares about it. Barren wasteland. Mm -hmm. So one of the other things, I talked about the immersion. It's like, what would you do in this sort of situation? I think that is, you know, kind of the idea here. And I thought about, well, my family would be the first to go. I mean, we're we're loud as hell, you know. Go socks! Oh, well, (laughs) here lies the field. Well, that's the thing is my dad would have lasted longer than almost anyone in there because... I will say this about my dad is uh, he reminded me a lot of uh, or John Krasinski reminded me a lot of my dad. He's uh, he would have been a very good survivalist. He would have, you know, come up with a whole bunch of things of how to survive. And my, I think my dad would have been uh, pretty good here, except that my dad has uh, pretty sure the Guinness World Record for the world's loudest sneezes. Um, I mean, these these shake the earth, you know, so uh, that would have been one. And he gets he gets hay oh fever God. really bad, too. So. I snore. I wouldn't even last a night, bro. <laughs> Pass out here. Oh, dead. Oh. It's the end of it. It's the end of I it. I snored so loud I woke myself up. Can't believe I'm single. Oh. <laughs> Buddy, you don't have to tell me. <laughs> I've had those... Oh, oh, okay. uh, that's okay. worse when there are other people in the room and you just have to apologize and then go back to sleep and hope no one cares. I could never sleep in class because I snored. <laughs> I had to stay awake through every goddamn business class I ever took. <laughs> Or, alternatively, not go There you go. Instead, create content. Exactly. Look how I'm doing. (laughs) My own channel awesome. (laughs) But luckily, I'm Volcel, so there won't be any sexual assault charges. (laughs) Huzzah! There's that, but there's also the fact that uh, when we bring people on, we try not to mistreat them. (laughs) Well, it's eh, (laughs) 50-50. We just prefer to do it when the mics are off. Alright guys, I'll talk to you next week. What the fuck was that? <laughs> so that was our worst episode. Laugh at my jokes better. You better edit her out, Chris. I swear to God. <laughs> Told you not to let her disagree with me. <laughs> so you, you really thought that Alex was funnier than me, huh? No, no, it's okay. It's okay, Chris. It's fine. It's fine. I heard you laughing at him more than me. Laughed awfully hard at that joke. It's cool. <laughs> A little support. That's all I'm saying. would be nice. So can you imagine if Jenna Fisher was in this movie instead of Emily Blunt? Man, is she okay? Like, where did she go? Oh, man, I'm telling you, all I ever saw from her was her cleavage in Blades of Glory, and that was it. I think she was in Walk Hard, which is hella good. And I think she did a couple of romantic comedies, which I will never see. And then she just disappeared from the face then of she, the she Remember when she was on Twitter and she had to like try to beg to get John Krasinski back? And, and everyone was just like, oh, no. Oh, Jenna. Oh. Oh, this isn't going to work. Going very regular in her life. So, huh? who lasts longer in a soundless world, Jim or Dwight? So, do they both know the rules? <laughs> if they both know the rules. <laughs> Actually, what it reminds me of is the scene 
where they're trying to get Dwight to fucking freak out. <laughs> and it's like Jim and Andy just confusing Battlestar Galactica with other things. And he's just fiercely crumpling up the paper and not making eye contact. It's an exact ripoff of the original. It's just like barely keeping it together. And oh my god, Pam is in the 1517 to Paris. Next week's episode. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> now, actually, uh, another obvious reference. Eventually, we'll talk. We'll relate this back to the Quiet Place. But uh, um, nah. so at work, I, I pranked one of my coworkers. We we got like these cards. They were like uh, Valentine's Day cards or something, and they gave them to every single desk in the office. And we don't use every single desk. It was like six to a desk. So I gathered them up from every single desk, and I, you know perforated each one and I just strewed them all over his desk and it was like cover it was a mountain of these cards he's like okay which one of you Chris you son of a bitch just immediately went to me I was like alright I'll admit it so he's like I'm gonna get you back so he stole one of my Rubik's Cubes and was thinking about suspending it in jello <laughs> I told him he should have done it you know he's like I didn't want to get in trouble you know and I was just like no 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 dude it would have been hilarious you know I would have eaten it too it's my favorite flavor Rubik's Cube don't don't Zemeckis Cube <sighs> I let you get the story out, okay? Well, you know. That took heroic restraint. So, in an office episode where they all have to be quiet, who's the first one to go? <sighs> Kelly. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's a guy I can't believe I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but who survives? Creed would live to be 250 <laughs> years old. <laughs> Wait, who survives longer, though? Uh, Angela or Toby? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing is that that show's so good and the characters are so strong that that's all you need to think about. Oh, who survives longer, Phyllis or uh, who's the big guy? Kevin. Who's the Phyllis or Kevin? (laughs) Do you think I'm retarded? (laughs) I like the blue (laughs) M&M's. And how much money would that leave you (laughs) Oh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> oh, just just the look on his when he's playing poker and the glasses he has. <laughs> oh, just the way he's looking over those glasses. That is enough. <laughs> Who lasts longer, Michael Scarn or Prison Mike? <laughs> the Dementors. Self so update, Mike. Fight monsters. Forget about it. I guarantee Dwight would have been a survivor on Shroop Farms. Oh, Dwight would... He wouldn't even know the fucking monsters there. He'd be just pulling beats and doing his own thing. All I can think about his most. <laughs> just, just running through the cornfields, swiping up death Chasing kittens. the kids with his arms like that. Hearing <laughs> the frequency in his face doesn't change, but he's just putting his hands over his ears. <laughs> I think my favorite thing is if you ever watch like the the bloopers for the office the one who cracks up the most is actually uh uh the guy who plays uh Dwight but Bose almost never breaks character uh he'll he'll like chuckle but his face almost never changes <laughs> I'm glad you brought up bloopers cuz my favorite bloopers this program this computer's programmed to feel sadness that's not how I'm programmed. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, show's good. I want to watch The Office now. <laughs> uh, uh, seasons two and three are really the best ones. You can ignore season one. Oh, I usually that's, do. That's, that's the one that's really depressing. 
it's not I watch good. it with my mom. My mom loved that show, but at some point she just kind of loses interest. But <laughs> I've seen the last season once, and I will never sit there. Yeah, again. I'm just you know what? I'm just gonna watch seasons two and three again. <laughs> it's yeah, and I do seasons two and three, and then I skip ahead to the golden ticket one. And then just watch through the Michael Scott paper company and then go back to season Like, two. I remember my mom and, and I were like, yeah, we should get dad into this. You know, he never watches TV. Let's give him a really good show like this. I remember we showed him the first episode. He's like, that was terrible. That was, that was like straight up awful. <laughs> and I, I wouldn't disagree that it's like really bad, but it's it's actually really like kind of depressing, awkward humor, which is not easy to get into, you know? Whereas no. seasons two and three are a lot more like lighthearted, you know? Uh but I will say this is even he had to admit that the the fire drill one he thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I have to say thank you to the office for giving me Idris Elba in that mm-hmm. role because literally every time he shows up in a movie, one also lean in and just go, Jesus, Jim, <laughs> you're gonna let you're gonna let your wife get hurt by these kaiju over a simple volleyball game. <laughs> Can you imagine the look on Stanley's face when that kid made that uh, rocket ship go up? <laughs> Just Stanley and the We thing can't over. talk. We have to farm all day. But Pretzel Day? Pretzel Day is alright. <laughs> I have to say the pretzel day one. I worked actually. I worked in the in this for the EPA along with my dad, and the pretzel day one was perhaps the most I've ever been able to relate to. Uh, you know <laughs> the office culture there. You know because the pretzel day comes as soon as I make that announcement. Yeah, you gather up your stuff and you power walk out of there. <laughs> his, his fucking power walk is the funniest visual of the entire show. It's tied between that and Michael pushing his flat screen in for more. <laughs> Fucking outtakes for that flat screen scene. <laughs> uh, I wonder how much this is going to stay in the episode, and how much longer we can talk about that. Because uh, I, <laughs> I could do this all. I night. mean, it's either that, or are we going to talk about John Krasinski's Hawaii movie? <laughs> oh my god! Oh, that was a first. So the office. <laughs> that was that was when wokeness really started like creeping into my brain. So people started it was like, oh, there's no Hawaiian people in this Hawaii movie. I was just like, oh, John Krasinski's in it. <laughs> wait, was it? <laughs> wait, was it? <laughs> Oh, yeah, <laughs> there's no Hawaiians. Ah, John Krasinski, though. <laughs> the whitest man I've ever seen. Almost translucent. <laughs> ah, Krasinski, the ancient Hawaiian name. It's just like the ancient Hawaiians say: stop putting oh. the batteries in your fucking rocket ship and giving out a free skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> Murph Stimulus gonna be pissed. He took his spaceship, shit in his pool, and ate all their organic dinner. Her organic dinner. All I can think about now angle of deflection. And the littlest one, Womp. <laughs> I go kill yourself, John. With pleasure. <laughs> this show's so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Holy shit. Everything comes back to the last episode of Rocket Power. It's it's like the starting point for the show. The 
You don't even need to watch the movie we're talking about. Just watch the last episode <laughs> like, of Rocket Power. That, that's a quiet place. And then watch like a random Hey Arnold episode. <laughs> they knock over that lantern while playing uh, <laughs> while playing Monopoly. There's a short beat of silence, and then in the background they hear, Yeah, 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 woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Krasinski gets knocked out by the monster the first time. It says, wish we would have had helmets back then, too. <laughs> wish we would have had fireworks then, too. Good. Oh, that's better. That's a lot better. I'll give you that one. <laughs> I don't think there's anything we can do at the ending of the Rocket Power episode. <laughs> I've been no, trying. No, no, no. No. <laughs> if they had played that song over the end credits, holy moly. <laughs> Every time he goes to shush the kid, shut up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, none of that staying no. in. But no, I'm fine. probably going to keep that in there. It's too good. <laughs> There's no content. I don't care. Recording a YouTube video from 2006 <laughs> in the office outtakes. We do realize this is only for one person. Alex Einar, this is for you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this yeah. episode. <laughs> You do realize if he was on, we go for 30 minutes longer about it. Oh my god. I wouldn't get to sleep. <laughs> That's right. Uh, speaking of sleep, uh, I kind of have a test for horror movies, and it's the, I call it the 48 hour test. I'm going to put a brand on, maybe write a blog post about it. Um, it not only involves going to sleep after you see the movie and, you know, seeing if you have any nightmares, but it's like the night, like after it, if you're still scared walking through your house, that moon that means it's like it's really sticking with you and i'm kind of half on this i'll have to take a mulligan because i as soon as alex left my head hit the pillow so hard i've never been so tired in my life like it it was unbelievable but i had the window wide open with the curtain down so it was like pouring rain so i woke up to that and i think i heard it while i was sleeping i was like there's no way i could be scared because that sound of heavy of heavily falling water is a kind of a safe sign in the movie it's a liberal safe space where they can talk about their feelings and how they don't feel. Anyway, so I was like, that was fine. I was able to like watch the ray to it, which is really nice atmosphere, by the way. Man. But then I went downstairs uh, to make myself a big old plate of rotini. Boy, that this movie will stick with you. I guarantee it because just walking through my house, trying not to make a noise and just realizing how loud it is to do all these things good gracious it really it it really does stick with you i used this test when i saw the witch in theaters Mm -hmm. because you know all the hype around it being the scariest thing Mm -hmm. ever and it's not really like a a scary movie per se but it's one that just sticks with you for days after you see it and there's that one scene when things are starting to go wrong and there's just that fucking rabbit standing in front of the doorway so i'm driving home like i don't know how i mean like it creeped me out. I don't know how I feel. And I get home, and there's a rabbit just sitting in front of the door, and I almost just drove <laughs> off. I almost just did a lap around the neighborhood. So that's when you're like, yep, this movie's good. I saw a cute little rabbit. There's rabbits outside of our house every night. But I looked at it. It looked at me, and I almost just drove away in fear. Black Phillip used a cheat code. Thomas <laughs> <laughs> and you called me a noob. Do you want to game deliciously? <laughs> I hope that's on my tombstone. <laughs> that's a really good one. <laughs> Best thing I've ever seen. Oh man, I, I, this movie is really good. I, I've got like a really, really good feeling about this. You know, it's just, you know, I've got two of the mo- two of the year that are really sticking with me as the best. And I have to admit, it's not Black Panther. Black Panther's a good movie. I'm not gonna, you know, don't get it twisted here. But 
it's this and Isle of Dogs. And I don't know which one I like more. I'd say this one is probably more technically sound because uh, this is one of the most technically sound horror movies I think I've ever seen. But yeah, you know, I really do love Isle of Dogs. I can't wait till you see that in theaters. I think you're really going to like that one. I better catch it before it disappears unceremoniously. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. And you know what? I, I Boy, I could go with, like, man, not a double feature of these, but... <laughs> no, most likely not. I thought about, like, oh, what if I did a double feature of this and don't breathe? And I thought, why don't I just give myself a million anxiety Ooh, attacks? Now, if I'm going to compare... Why don't horror... I just have a bad day? If I'm going to compare horror movies, which did I like more? Quiet Place or Don't Breathe? Oh, that's tough. That's real tough. Boy, I, I don't know which one I'd go with in that one. I, I They're both really technically sound, though, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Like, just thinking of technically sound, like, every time after she home alone herself on that nail, like, every time they walked down the stairs, you would see that nail in your whole body be like, oh, God. Well, that's the again, thing, is they now. didn't use it that much, please, and I'm God. glad that they didn't. Because if they kept doing it, like, the, they showed it so much, you're like, I understand that this is going to be a factor in the movie. If they hadn't done that, it would have been the biggest gutter ball mm-hmm. since... I don't. I don't even know, and I know this is coming, but I desperately want it to not. Yeah, happen. and actually, you know what I thought? I thought when the kids come down there at the climax, I really thought that Millicent yeah. Simmons was going to step on it, and I was. Oh, I, yeah. I would have been like actually bad, you know. Uh, so, yeah, every time like they, even if they weren't using the steps, it would just pan in that cramped little basement, and you would see it in the background. You'd be like, oh god, you just feel it in your heel, boy. Man, it really movie. is a good movie. You know, I, you know what I think? I think Millicent Simmons really ought to be talked about the same way they talk about that little girl from Stranger Things. I mean, you know, she's not. Good I movie. know it's such a shame, but I, I really liked her in this movie. I thought she was really good. Let's go to the old IMDb and see if they have anything for her. Oh, she's been in something else. I don't know, but if <laughs> I don't know, maybe she'll be in Stranger Things three or something like that. We got a deaf friend. They're just going to make their Burger King Kids Club. Someone's going to be in a wheelchair by the end of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Speaking of wheelchairs, uh, no, really, this actually, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> oh, shit. That was good. <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting that They're going to have an Eskimo, oh, too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> which one of the kids is trans? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, it's all about safe places here. Uh, or safe spaces. Whatever. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, I actually think about this movie in contrast, in terms of like representation for people who actually are what they portray here. Um, think about the movie or the TV show Glee. I had this friend in college who was in a wheelchair. He's a pretty cool guy. And he really liked Glee because they had a character in a wheelchair. And then there's a scene where the guy in the wheelchair gets up and starts dancing and singing and moving like just you or me would. And he didn't watch the show anymore and he was really quiet and depressed after that happened because he seriously thought it was like you know what maybe there's a chance for you maybe i can get some actual representation no stick this kid in a wheelchair and pretend to be crippled you know that and that to me that i don't know that doesn't that whole moment of my life has just really stuck with me yeah it's nice seeing you know actual representation in movies it only took 120 years but you know we're making some Progress. Like, I understand it's really difficult to have blind people in movies just because, like, you have to hit your mark, here's where the camera is, look at me when you say that, you're doing something weird with your face. Like, I, I get it, you know? Yeah, then don't make a movie about blind people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> As the makers of Daredevil learn to their uh, horror and surprise. 
Boy. Actually, comma, the movie... Wake me I think up. it was a Disney Channel original movie, Going to the Mat is about a blind wrestler. I like that movie. It's got Wayne Brady in it. <laughs> what the fuck? What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> that is... I don't think you would enjoy that movie. It's about wrestling, but... I... Oh, dude, I watched a lot of wrestling last week. No, I mean for actual wrestling. What's what's realer than WrestleMania? <laughs> Brother. Happy Rusev Day, by the way. Oh, dude, thank yeah. you. Um, So, uh, any other takes that we ought to put out about A Quiet Place? Um, Anyone who says they don't want to see it because it's PG-13... Please never stop fucking off. Yeah, that's extremely important to not speak to me. Um, I I have to say again, it's like the criticisms of this movie. They just they they, they don't matter. I want more movies like this. I I want more movies by people who don't have like all this super respect for the genre. Like, no, I'm going to move this forward in an interesting way. Here's what I think is scary. Here's what I think is interesting. Here's how I would do this. And it's it's going beyond being technically sound. It's going beyond being actually scary, which this movie is. It it goes to a point of you know not just crossing multiple genres but like having an actual story there so i care about the characters like i actually really care about these characters they are very likable characters i mean the 10 minute scene alone is really good at doing that but you know and the other thing is telling a story without words you know because michael myers is scary without you saying oh he kills people it's already scary just to see him as a silhouette so more movies like this is that's what i would really like now Parker, uh, two matters of business. Uh, first of all is we have to go up with a bet. Now, uh, next bet, I've got two teams in the playoffs right now. You want to understand what that's like. And uh, one of them's my basketball okay. team, you Boston Celtics. And uh, we're 1-0 in our series against who could possibly care. And uh, <laughs> if we win that, I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to sign you a movie. If we lose, I'll accept my pill. And I also have the Boston Bruins. We're 2-1 and one in our series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Fuck those guys. And uh, we win that series. You know, that's another bet right there. So I, I want to get more of these more of these bets going. We also have the one for the sound mixing at the Oscars going to a quiet place, because it's gotta. You know? Yeah, just go ahead and jot that one down, because I'm absolutely not going to remember yeah, it. I'm, at some point, I'm going to have to do it. I'll, I'm sure I'll remember by the time God, it gets to it. going to own what it does and get nominated, because so long, I'm dude. sure... Spoilers, a Star Wars movie will always be nominated for visual effects and sound mixing. You know, do you think this movie, A Quiet Place, because, like, whenever I get really worked up about a movie, I keep saying, yeah, it's going to sweep the Oscars. I did it for The Handmaiden. I did it for uh, for Mad Max. I did it for Dunkirk. And I was proven right on two out of three of those. But, like, this, I, I have to admit, I can sort of see it only taking away a couple of awards, like... I'd say best original screenplay, at least I've seen so far. Besides, maybe Isle of Dogs actually has a pretty good screenplay. Uh, but people usually put best screenplay in the terms of like words. And there's not a lot of dialogue in this, even with the American Sign Language. But I think sound mixing, it's got to win. Uh, what else? I don't think any acting awards. Just go shame. ahead and fast forward to a year from now when I'm putting my head through a wall when Emily Blunt isn't nominated. Yeah, I... Kind of feel like she, I'm gonna be so just for mad. that just for that delivery scene. I feel like she deserves something. She she really was very good in this movie. You know, I, I mean, every one of them was. I mean, Jim. I mean, you got to talk about Jim. 
we got to talk about Jim's beer. Oh, goodness gracious. As soon as we stop recording. We Ooh, oh, really goodness. Beer. We're going to oil up when we talk about that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm, I'm growing out my beard right now under the pretense that it's a playoff beard. We know the score. I'm growing out the John Krasinski beard. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's going to sweep a whole lot of awards. I don't even think it's going to get Best Director, which is a shame because John Krasinski really did a very good job on this. But you know what? You don't need awards to win. Uh, you don't need to win awards to be uh, a really good director. Speaking of, Guillermo del Toro di- uh, directed two very good movies, uh, Hellraiser and Hellraiser 2. Wait, no. Was it? Uh, oh, yeah. Hellboy and Hellboy 2. Please. Don't make me watch Hellraiser again. I can't do it. I'm finally fucking free. So should I go with that instead of the other intro I was planning for it? Yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, back to back to reality here. Uh, we have to get ready for uh, Avengers 3. And next week we will talk about you know some of the movies in the Marvel Universe. And we'll get ready for everything that does that. We'll give you guys a recap of some of the movies and what's going on with them. And we'll also talk about uh, another character who will be appearing in Avengers 3. So Hellboy, I wonder what he's going to do. How he's going to defeat Thanos. Uh, actually...
Skype now, and I'll just put in some music, some like oldie timey music, like hold music while you watch this. God damn it. Just from the name and the fact that you're sending it to me. Oh, these are comic book characters. I know what those oh, yeah, are. You're in for a while, right? Oh, I know who Spider Man is. <laughs> yeah, he's in this movie. Okay, Spider Man, is he going to come back? Hopefully. Okay. Sony Pictures, nice. They have spy. Oh. Summer begins. The guests arrive. Oh. Good evening. Well, sit down. Oh. Join us. Isn't she adorable? Even the thought of her oh makes my heart race. No, no, don't be shy. He's a celebrity, but he has a simple soul. He has a simple soul, Chris. Yes, he looked young. He is young and accomplished. Don't remind Jesus me. Fucking Christ. Christ. Oh. Hello. Hello. Who is that that you were talking to? Nina. Yes. For a little family drama. It's not often you get a trailer with a voiceover anymore. Why this one? <laughs> Usually save those for Thomas the Tank Engine movies. What does it feel like <laughs> to be famous? Masha, why is my son so depressed? He's heart sick. <laughs> What's that? Did you say he's heart sick? <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Such a face, such a marvelous voice. If this. Watch the whole thing. I was losing it. You're happy. Please be generous. Let me go. Are you that infatuated with her? Listen to the music. Why do you always wear black? I can't <laughs> stop listening to it. You won't let me. I hate this. I hate this so much. I'm the oh, and Brian Dennehy. So miserable. He looks dead. I'm just a woman like any other. It's your chance to be a woman unlike any other. It's my chance to be a woman unlike any other. Remember all the laughter and the noise? Oh my god. Imagine seeing this at the end of this. I literally can't. My body would shut down and self I am going to tear this I can't imagine this play the album. How are you going to do that? I'll get married. Movie party. Man, thank you for ruining my night. Based on the play Why by Anton Chekhov. Oh my god. I'm looking for Chekhov's gun right now. <laughs> Put me out of my fucking misery. <laughs> 